Hey, this is Russ Adcox, lead pastor at Murray Hills Church. This month we're doing a series called Launch, which is about how to reconnect to your faith or how to grow spiritually. I hope you enjoy. So we, I, we were out of town all last week. If you saw on social media, we did a little national park tour out west. Uh, and so we left Monday at 5 in the morning, and then we got back last night at 7.30 or 8. And so I didn't have any time to, to work on the message. I worked on it a little bit on the plane on the way home so that it just I could remember what I was going to say. But two weeks ago, I wrote this message, and it's amazing to me how fast the news cycle moves. Like what was big news two weeks ago is no longer news. And as I two weeks ago, the big news was space travel. You remember that? There was a, there's a billionaire space race going on. So Jeff Bezos with Amazon and Richard Branson with Virgin are uh, traveling privately to space. That's what's amazing about it. They're traveling on their own personal rockets to space. And I knew we were kicking off this series called Launch. And Scott had designed this really awesome graphic with a rocket launching. And so I was looking at all the news about the space race. And I ran across this little video clip from uh, Lester Holt that's describing, you know, that the week that happened with Bezos and Branson's both going to space. And it really is pretty historic. I mean, two weeks later, it's like, oh, yeah, that's old news. You know, we're, we've moved on to something else. Let's talk about controversy at the Olympics or something. But no, I mean, let's pause for a minute. This is pretty incredible. What happened is that these guys privately are flying to space. And so I want you to watch this little minute and a half news montage from Lester Holt, and it'll set up what we're going to talk about today. That giant leap 52 years ago today didn't take us the distances we might have imagined back then. Since the Apollo program, manned space flight has stayed pretty much close to home. Release, release, release right now. The Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin missions barely reached the doorstep of space. In fact, their flight's just a few minutes shorter in duration than what Alan Shepard achieved in the first human American space flight in 1961. But then, as now, it showed what was possible, piquing our imaginations, and in this case, opening a door to a world that was for so long the domain of countries, not people. For now, price alone will keep it an exclusive club. But for how much longer? The forces of competition are not necessarily bound to the forces of gravity. A race among billionaires could very well put the rest of us in space in this lifetime. Today's launch was not a giant leap, but one of the small critical steps that for decades have kept us holding our breaths with every space launch. Two, one. And now, for the first time, wondering when it will be our turn. So speaking of our turn, I did a little research. And I found out that I can fly to space with Jeff Bezos for about $55 million. That's just one ticket. I can get a seat on the next rocket to space for $55 million. So I've started saving up my money and uh, hope to get to go with him one day. That's for a whole week. So that is a little pricey. I don't know that I want to spend a whole week in space. Uh, Branson is, is like the discount rocket. You can go for just a quarter of a million with Richard Branson. And you get a free spacesuit with it. But it's only for about 20 seconds of weightlessness. And I was reading an editorial about it that said it appears that the, the private space race is still stuck in its billionaire phase. 
right now. In other words, this is something only a very few people can do. It's a very elite club. And we're starting a a series today on spiritual growth or spiritual disciplines, spiritual rhythms that you can create in your life that will help you grow spiritually. And I'm afraid that many of us feel, when you hear that word spiritual disciplines or you hear spiritual growth, many of us feel like that's something only a very few people are ever going to be able to do. Like, that's a, that's a very elite club. That's a very super spiritual club. Like, we're talking Billy Graham, Mother Teresa level stuff. Like, I, I'm, I can't do that. We think that spiritual growth is something that's extraordinary. It's something that you, gotta, I, you just got to be super spiritual. You got to have a theology degree or, you know, you got to really know something about the Bible or you just got to be really dedicated or really disciplined or whatever it is. I, I hope to dispel that myth in the next four weeks. Because what we're going to be talking about is the idea that spiritual growth is for ordinary people. It's not, it's not rocket science, pardon the pun, but it's, you, know, it's not, you don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to have a lot of super brains about the Bible or and all this kind of I mean, it's Spiritual growth is something that any of us can do. It's anybody. Anybody can grow closer to God. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about four habits, disciplines, practices, steps, whatever you want to call them. We're going to talk about four things over the next four weeks that we can do simple things to help us grow spiritually and to reconnect to our faith. And we've been through a period, we've been through a season, maybe we're still in the middle of that season, where we've been disconnected from our faith. We've been disconnected from our faith communities. We've been disconnected from, from you know, other Christians. And it's like we, we've kind of gone through the desert and gone through the drought. And maybe we're still in the midst of that in some sense. But we need to, there's, we need to figure out how to reconnect with our faith and reconnect with our God and, and grow closer to our God. So here's the four things we're going to look at. And I'm going to show, if you'll throw that up for me, Ty, real quick. The next four weeks, we're going to look at these four practices, and it parallels what our children are doing in children's ministry. They're going to be looking at the same four things. So if you just send a a kid to children's ministry, when we get done today, ask them what they talked about. And they're going to be talking about the same thing that we're talking about in here. But it's spend time with God, spend time with others, use your gift, and share your story. So we're going to jump right in to number one, which is spend time with God. And our text today is uh, Luke chapter 10. So Luke chapter 10 Beginning in verse 38, if you've got a Bible with you, or if you're on live.murrayhills, you can actually pull up a Bible. There's a feature there you can do that, or you can pull out your phone. It's a very familiar story. I've got it on the screen. Jesus visits the home of Martha and Mary. This is the, the way Luke tells the story. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is a a frustrating little story for us. Because most of us in this room or watching online relate more to Martha than we do Mary. 
most of us understand what Martha's going through. We have sympathy for Martha. Like if we were to take sides in this story, we would take Martha's side and say, I'm with Martha. Mary needs to get off her buttons to help Martha. Like that's the way we would interpret this story. And that's why it's frustrating to us because Martha is the one that Jesus chastises in the story. And I don't think he does it in a mean way. I like to imagine Jesus doing this with a smile on his face. I like to imagine him doing that because I, that's what I hope he would do to me when I'm acting like Martha. But, I, you know, we don't know how he did that. But I, I, I think it's, you know, that's the, the two phrases, the Martha, Martha is what gets me thinking Jesus is kind of smiling at him, kind of shaking his head going, Martha. You know, and, and, and there's a lot that we can learn here about what it means to, to, to spend time with God because we, we understand where Martha is coming from. We know what it feels like to be distracted. We know what it feels like to be overwhelmed. We know what it feels like to be stressed. We know what it feels like to be frustrated with other people who do not feel our same level of stress and overwhelm and the weight on our shoulders. So we relate to Martha. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. But I, two quick cultural things I want to point out in the story uh, that Luke says that may go over our head in the 21st century. One of them is... Luke says, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. That's, that's not a literal description of where she was sitting. Luke's not trying to tell us Mary was sitting right there. He, he's trying to tell us that Mary was assuming the posture of a disciple. So Mary is listening to the teacher and rabbi as a disciple. This is something that women would not have ordinarily done in that society. And so Luke's pointing that out, which Luke does that a lot in his gospel, point out the prominence of women as the disciples of Jesus. But he's, he's just telling us that Larry, Mary is, is listening as a teacher. She's doing more than just sitting. She's listening to Jesus as a teacher or a rabbi. And then he says Martha was distracted, which he's saying with that word, I was looking up the, the original languages, that it's more than just her attention is somewhere else. She's stressed. Now, they didn't, they didn't have the word stressed in that particular time, but she's, she's overwhelmed with all the things that got it done. She's feeling the pressure. The teacher has visited her home. All these people have come to her home. She's preparing the food. She's trying to get everything ready for them. And she gets frustrated that Mary is sitting and listening as one of the disciples when Mary should be helping her get all the preparations ready. And so she does what a lot of us have done who have siblings or spouses, or children, we have prayed to Jesus that they would get up and help us when we're the ones doing all the work, right? Everybody's been there. We're, we're, like, we feel like we're the ones doing all this. We're feeling stressed. We're feeling overwhelmed. And when that happens, we, we do the same thing. We get after the folks that seem to be just sitting to us. Um, we hosted a graduation party. This was back in May. We hosted a graduation party for my uh, middle child, Hallie, just graduated high school, and we had it at our house, and we were expecting about 100 people, and Roman had a baseball game the same day as the, the graduation party, but it was no big deal because his baseball game was like at 10 or 11 that morning, and the graduation party wasn't until 1 or 2, so we were in great shape, so I explained to Jenny, what I'll do is I'll help you up until that time, and then I'll take Roman to his baseball game, and then I'll be back in time to help you kind of finish the party set up, and then we'll be ready for the party. Well, I'm a softball coach, so I'm new to baseball, and I did not understand how long it takes to play baseball games, because there was an hour and 45 minute time limit on the baseball game, but you had to get in four innings, and we, at the hour 45 minute, I think we'd gotten through two innings, and then we were down by like eight runs, which was great, and I was thinking, okay, good. One more inning, and we're out of here. 
in the last inning, we tied it up. We scored eight runs and tied it up and went into extra innings. So my baseball game went about, I don't know, I can't remember how long it was. It was a, it's a bad memory. Uh, it went maybe four or five hours. I not only missed the preparation for the party, I missed the first hour of the party. Martha was not happy with me, okay? And I was not sitting at the feet of Jesus. I was at a little league baseball game, all right? And Martha had been building in frustration with where is he? What is the matter? And she was probably praying to Jesus a little bit at that time too. And when I got there, thankfully, all the people were there. You, you've been in these situations, I know. You've been in these situations. Like, all the people are there, and I'm like, this is good. This is good, because she's got to be nice to me, because all these people are at our house. And so, about 4.30, when people are like, well, I guess we better be going, I was like, no, 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 stay. <laughs> we, no, 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 come on, come on, we got all night. You know, I did not want to be left alone uh, with Martha. Because we, we know what's going to happen. We can all relate to that. We've all been there. Like if I'm the one that's, getting, you know, I'm trying to clean up the house and somebody's sitting on the couch and all that, and I'll start just cleaning up a little bit louder than normal. You know what I'm talking about? Like you don't have to say anything. You just start throwing things. You start slamming cabinets. You start throwing dishes just a little bit louder. And people are like, what's the matter with you? Nothing. Nothing's the matter with me. And that's it. We understand what it means to feel overwhelmed and stressed. We understand what it means to get frustrated with people who aren't feeling the same weight that we're feeling. And we know what it means to be distracted. And I think that's one of the reasons we struggle to spend time with God. So when I say, hey, this is real simple. This is, you know, if you want to grow spiritually, just uh, spend time with God. Spend more time with God. That's, if you want to grow spiritually, do that. Read your Bible and pray. And that seems like something only a very few people can do. Because we think, when am I supposed to do that? You want me in the morning? You want me to like 15, 30 minutes in the morning? Is that what you were thinking? You thought that I could just get, I mean, I'm trying to get kids ready for school. I'm trying to get myself ready for work. I slept in late because I was tired from the night before, and I'm trying to fit a workout in before I get to work, and there, there's no time for me to do this in the morning. You want me to do this in the evening? I'm trying to get kids ready for bed. I'm trying to get myself ready for bed, and honestly, as soon as I sit down, I'm out. Like, if you want me to start praying in the evening, that's a real good way for me to go to sleep. Because as soon as I start praying, you know, I'm out. And I just, I mean, w when am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? In a, in a Martha world, all of us are like, I'm, I'm just, how in the world do I have possibly have time to, to, to read my Bible or to pray or to spend time with God? There's absolutely no time to do that. There's not even time on the weekends to do that because the weekends, it only ramps up. Like Saturdays are full of stuff. We're traveling all the time. You know, it's birthday parties. It's, it's ball games. It's like there's no, there's no, how in the world am I supposed to do this? And I think that's probably what Martha is thinking. Mary's in here assuming the posture of a disciple. How does she possibly have time to do this? Can't she see all the work that needs to get done? How can she be sitting at the feet of Jesus? And I have sympathy for Martha. I, I want, like, I, I have sympathy for her because I, I am her. I really do feel sympathy for her. But the story does not end like this. The story does not end, can you throw this up for me, Ty? With Jesus saying, Mary, Mary, you are sitting and listening to me, but you are not busy enough. You need to do more. You need to say yes to more opportunities and fill up your days and weekends. Martha has chosen what is better and it will not be taken for from her. The way we live our lives, you'd think that's how the scripture ended. Because that's the way we live it. 
But the scripture actually ends in this way. With Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. It's like Jesus looked at our calendar, looked at our schedule, and he's speaking directly into it. You are worried enough, you are overwhelmed with many things. But at the end, there's only one thing that matters. I did not, Scott had no idea where I was going this morning. And what was that song? Nothing else. At the end, there's only one thing that matters. Nothing else matters. And we know that up here. And we know that right here. But man... It's hard to do. And so, I, you know, I, I feel like I want to, like, give you some kind of some revelation here, like some insight, some miraculous thing. Here's, here's all I can give you today. If, if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to reconnect with your faith, if you want to spend more time with God, you're going to have to make the time. That's not what we want to hear. We want to hear, like, uh, you know, no, 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 give us three ways to spend time with God while getting it all done at work. Or, you know, spend us five ways to multitask our way to a closer relationship with God. Because we, we live in a world that rewards a Martha mentality. Martha gets the raises. Martha gets the promotions. Martha, Martha gets all the likes and follows on Instagram. Uh, Martha gets all the praise. Martha gets the volunteer of the year award. You know, we live in a world that rewards Martha and not Mary. Even, resting even feels guilty to us, right? There's some of us that if I was to ask you, if you today, if you just took the rest of the day and rested, like you just took a nap, even the re- whatever you did, at the end of the day, I said, what did you do today? And you said nothing. You'd feel guilty. Because it, resting feels wrong to us. In our culture, resting feels wrong. And that's not biblical. I mean, if we're going to spend time with God, we have to make the time, we all have the same amount of time in the day. We have to make the time. We have to make it a priority and say, you know what? I'm going to carve out some time and I'm going to dedicate this so that I can focus on my relationship with God. In the Old Testament, they called this a Sabbath. And you're familiar with that passage, Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 19. It's one of the Ten Commandments, actually. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, or any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And it's a day not just for rest, but it's a day for focus. If you look at the Old Testament practice of the Sabbath, it wasn't just that they rested on the Sabbath, but they were to focus on their relationship with God on the Sabbath. It wasn't that the rest of the days didn't matter. It's just that they were, it was a day of rest and focus. If we want to focus on God, we have to find the margin in our lives. We have to rest enough to be able to give some of that focus to God. The psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. The be still comes before the knowing. It, you know, that's how we know who God is. We just we got to get still long enough to know and reflect upon who God is. Jesus said, um, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Not busyness. Not more things to your schedule. Not another regiment. Not another requirement. Not another checkbox. And that's, uh, strangely enough, we took the concept of quiet time. And that's, if you're not familiar with that, that was real popular Two decades ago or a decade ago, you know, quiet time with God, this 15-minute time of unbroken that you would just sit and you would read Bible, pray, whatever. We took that and made that into a chore. We made that into a regiment. We made that into something else. We had to, so it's not about adding another regiment to our schedule. It's not about adding another quality, you know, something we got to do every day. It's about creating a rhythm in our life that allows for some rest to enter our lives 
so we can focus on our relationship with God. And you got to figure out what that looks like in your life. How do we create some, some margin in our... And we can do it. I mean, we create it for everything else. We create it for our workouts. We create it for our kids. We create it for ball. I mean, when you get the ball schedule, if your kids play travel ball, you get the ball schedule, you're like, there's no way we can do this. This is every weekend. This is like, we're going to be at the ballpark 12 hours on Saturday. And what do you do? You sit at the ballpark 12 hours on Saturday because you make time for it. Because you say, my kids are a priority. I'm going to make time for my kids. My kids are a priority. I'll do it. When the boss says, hey, you got to come in and work, I'll say, ah, there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can. we make time for it because my job's a priority. Well, if our faith is a priority, if God's a priority, we make time for him. So here's a, here's a few tips, and then I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. Just some practical tips, and this is just me thinking you can come up with more in your small groups. All the small groups are doing this study. If you're in a small group, uh, you'll be getting this, and you can kind of talk some more about this, about how to do some of this. So throw them up for me, Ty, so I can know what I got here. If you don't, then I've got to go look to my notes. Oh, you don't. Okay. Um, that's my fault because I tried, to, I tried to edit them before services, and I probably deleted them. Uh, number one is this. Take a Sabbath. So take a day off. And it doesn't, we don't, it doesn't have to be, I'm not like saying the Sabbath is Sunday or those things, but just find a day, some day that you can take a day off and unplug and don't check the email and, and put the phone on do not disturb or whatever you need to do to actually take a day off and unplug and find some time to rest. And then number two is figure out what it is that works for you, how you connect with God. I was talking about reading the Bible. For some of you, you're like, I just, I don't, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I can read, I don't know that I can sit and read my Bible for 15 minutes. Okay, well, don't sit and read your Bible for 15 minutes. Just, just read a verse or two and then think about it. Some of us connect through music. Some of us connect through art. Some of us connect through nature. For me, I connect with God in a deer stand more than I do sitting and reading my Bible. It's, I, what I'm saying is when, I, when I'm in nature, I feel the presence of God more than any other time. That's, that's just, for me, that's just that's a way that I connect to God because I look at around at his creation and I look around at the creator and I'm thinking how small I am and how big he is. So find out what works for you. If it's music, if it's art, if it's, if it's reading, if it's nature, whatever it is, find out what works for you where you can spend some time with God. And number three, uh, stop comparing your connection time with God to others' connection time with God. <laughs> So even when I just said, I connect with God more through nature than reading the Bible, those of you that connect through reading the Bible just went, mm, that's bad. I don't know about this pastor. We might need to find a new church. I don't, he don't like reading the Bible. Stop comparing your time to somebody else's time. Because somebody connects through music, and they, that, that's the way they connect with God, and they feel the, the spirit of God more when they hear Tiffany singing Jaira and, and testify. And that's, man, the spirit of God just wells up in me when that music then that's the way you connect with God. Somebody connects through looking at the beauty of nature, that's the way you connect with God. Somebody connects through, through reading. That's it. You know, don't compare. This is very difficult to do because we live in an age of comparison because of social media. So we see somebody post their picture of their Bible open and their, you know, their devotional and their coffee cup and you know, all the things strategically placed talking about their quiet time, and we feel guilty because we're not having a quiet time like that. Just quit that nonsense and don't worry about it. And then uh, the last one I'm going to mention to you, and I get have to wrap up is uh is radical okay you ready pray uh, <laughs> pray 
And I, also, I struggled for a long time with prayer because I felt like I had to do it uh, for a long time or I had to do it at a specific time. And people would always talk about their daily prayer time. And, you know, like, well, I, would, you know I spent 10 minutes in prayer this morning or 30 minutes in prayer this morning, and I never could really do that. What released me to pray was the idea that my prayers don't have to be long and they don't have to use a certain language and they don't have to be rote. Matter of fact, Jesus said something in the Sermon on the Mount about it's probably better if they're not. Uh, so what freed me to pray is the idea that I could just talk to God like I could talk to anybody else. So I could start my day with, hey, God, um, praying for a great Sunday today. That's it. That, that's the prayer. That, that's it. Or God getting ready to have a conversation here. Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I need your help to help kind of guide my words here through this conversation. Or, God, I'm feeling a little frustrated right now. and I, I, I just need some patience right now. Or I need some peace right now. And just, just throughout the day. And so if you're not in the habit of praying, and you may not be in the habit of praying, just, just find some time to talk to God like you would talk to a, a father, a loving father, that just, just throughout the day. And it can be, you can set aside some time to do that at a specific time of day, or you can just do it throughout the day. Just, just quick prayers throughout the day. These are ways of just focusing on God. And so you can come up with more in your small groups. You can talk about this more uh, in your small groups. I hope that you will talk about it more in your small groups because this is where spiritual growth starts. It starts with focusing on our God and who he is. So let me pray for us. Father, I'm thankful for, um, I'm thankful for the stories that Luke preserved for us, even though this one frustrates me about Martha and Mary. Um, and there's a reason that Luke saved that story. And there's a reason that that story still resonates uh, today because we, we live in a time of incredible anxiety. As Scott talked about earlier, a time of incredible stress. And we're just all overwhelmed and exhausted to the breaking point. And maybe we need to take the advice of your word. Maybe we need to learn how to to stop and to focus on things that really matter and to, um, to set aside what worries and upsets us and to, to be still and know that you are God and to come to Jesus to find rest, not to find more regimen and more structure, but to find rest. And God, help us have the courage to create that, that time in our lives where we can focus more on you and it's always going to be a battle for us because there's always something battling for our attention there's always something battling to to distract us but just help us figure out how to do that in our lives so that we can focus on the things that matter most to us and the things that are the biggest priority in our life and that's you you are the number one priority in our life and we don't always act like it and we don't always our schedule doesn't always reflect it but, but help, us to, help us to get our time more in line with the things that we say are most important to us. And I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, next week, I'll see you next week, and we'll talk about um, spending time with others, the importance of community, why we need each other to grow spiritually. So we'll see you then.